Hi everyone, on this week's episode of Put Yourself First, I am chatting with my lovely friend and coaching client Eliza. Eliza has just started a vegan food business called Dippies with her partner and that's why I'm coaching her and it's so, so exciting to see her business come to life. She's such a hard worker, she's so passionate about what she does and I wanted to get her on today because I've never actually discussed veganism and environmental stuff on the podcast before even though it's so important and it's obviously a huge issue, a huge hot topic. In this episode we recorded um, shortly after the rainforest scandal I guess you could call it was just everywhere in the media um the Amazon rainforest being you know like burnt down in large quantities for animal farming and obviously when this episode goes live I'm sure many of you will have seen the um extinct extinction rebellion protests and I just think I can't believe it's taken me this long to talk about um, veganism and climate change on the podcast. Now, we are, of course, specifically talking about plant-based food and veganism on this week's show and how that can positively impact the planet. And yeah, I just, I ask you to have an open mind and a childlike curiosity um, whatever your eat, whatever you choose to eat, whether you choose to label your diet a certain way or not, I've personally had my fair share of, you know, journeying and struggles along the way with being vegetarian and then being vegan, and now I eat everything, <laughs> and I'm still really passionate about vegan food and, of course, the importance of it. So yeah, I think wherever you're at with your diet, with um, your thoughts on veganism, climate change, all this stuff that is just, it's impossible to avoid this topic now, so we need to be having it more. And Eliza is one of those super positive, like really, really nice people to talk to about it. She's not judgmental. She's not in any way preachy or, you know, pushing her views on others. And I always have such a great conversation, like well-rounded, balanced debate and discussion with her, Um, even though we obviously live, you know, choose, choose to eat different things and choose to live different, you know, lifestyles in many ways. So yeah, really great one, really important. And of course, I'd love you to check out Eliza's business, uh, Dippies. If you're in Plymouth, I'm very jealous because you can get it delivered to your house, which is so cool. And they're touring around the UK at various vegan festivals and different things like that. So definitely give them a follow, give Eliza a follow and enjoy this episode all about veganism. Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First. Today I am with my friend Eliza and we are going to talk about veganism. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Say hello and introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, uh, I am Eliza or Dippy and I'll explain that in a minute. Um, Yeah, and I am vegan. (laughs) I feel like I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, And me and Kat have known each other for a while and I am super excited that she's asked me to talk about this today um, because it's not something that you can necessarily talk about with anybody. So um, I feel really honoured to be on your podcast. 
So thank you, Kat. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's really sweet of you to say. And I completely agree. Um, I have struggled to have these conversations or at least I felt apprehensive to have these conversations because, you know, we have discussed like at length our own like personal choices when it comes to food and lifestyle mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and everyone is so unique and every, you know, every choice is so unique to an individual. Absolutely. Um, but obviously it's such a hot topic and it's something that continues to, you know, be a really important thing to think about. So we need to have more conversations about it. So I thought yeah. you would be the perfect person, as you've said, um, because when you're friends with someone and you trust them, like, you yeah. know, you know, they're not going to jump down your throat if you say the wrong thing or if you do the wrong thing. It's just like, yeah. it's just a much nicer way to go about things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like I would that would be the last thing that I would ever want anybody to feel about me is that they can't talk about anything in case I start going on a rant at them and I I just don't think that's helpful for anybody (laughs) so yeah yeah no rants today (laughs) no and definitely no like you know shaming or anything like that that's not for this podcast absolutely not no like that's not who you are and that's why I love you and you're great so thank you back at you (laughs) so let's start then with your own personal journey with um you know plant-based eating and veganism and I guess as we go on we can get into the nuances of that and how it looks different for different people yeah absolutely um so I grew up uh veggie um and not because my parents are just because I was deemed a fussy kid I just never really liked uh the taste or the texture of me um so I think it was because we were not particularly affluent growing up so kind of everything that we had was quite cheap and it just wasn't wasn't appealing to me um so that was really tricky in the 90s because the options aren't weren't what they are now um so I was never about the animals um that I just didn't like it so the same as I didn't like celery I just didn't like meat um so um that was kind of the way it was and then then I never really thought I would go vegan I'd kind of heard rumors of a vegan (laughs) when I went on holiday as a kid and that was kind of it we went and stayed at this B&B and the lady's son who ran the B&B apparently was a vegan, but we never saw him. He was a recluse and she just took him like dry toast to his room. <laughs> so growing up, I always thought vegans were really weird. Um, so that was my only real encounter. Um, and then when I went to Canada, I met a couple of girls out there when I was studying out there and they were vegan. And I re- distinctly remember being like quite fascinated because um, they were the first vegans I'd met as an adult and I remember like asking them how they did it I found it really like amazing that they did it and I remember we were walking around the Rogers arena for a tour and I honestly went on about how I could not give up cheese for about 10 minutes (laughs) I was like I think it's great I just could never ever ever give up cheese (laughs) and then I went on about all the different cheeses that I would eat and how my Christmas centered around camembert, how I eat cheese on all my every meal. And they must have been thinking, okay, that's that, that's a lot of cheese, you know, like no one asked if you could do it. Um but that was that was my response was to tell them why I why I couldn't do it. So um bless them, we're still friends, um and they're great. Um and so then I, I never really thought right I've met these people I must go vegan like and they never tried to persuade me which was cool um and so cut to a few months later I was having a bit of a documentary addiction (laughs) you know where you get addicted to a series and you just like binge watch everything Mm -hmm. I was doing that with documentaries so I like to tell myself that it was like really educational (laughs) um and I'd pretty much watch everything and anything. So all sorts about like tech, 
um, like crowdfunding, really weird ones about kind of people's addictions and things. And I just put this one on one day and didn't actually realize that it was a vegan one. I just, it was just about food. I think it, it was called Forks Over Knives. And I watched it and I watched it all the way to the end. And I honestly wouldn't necessarily recommend it now because it's a bit outdated and quite dry. Um, so if you are thinking of watching a vegan documentary, I wouldn't go for that one. Um, and I got to the end of it and I just started thinking about the health implications of it. And so that documentary mainly focuses on the health side of things and the environment it touches on. There's not really anything to do with the animals on there. So um, those were kind of the main drivers. And then I started doing some research like reading studies about the health side of things and a plant-based diet and whether it was good for you um and my dad had prostate cancer at the time so that was coming up again and again in the documentary and in the studies and so then some people might think it's quite radical but kind of overnight I was like I'm going vegan and I had no idea what that meant <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I still had uh, dairy products and eggs and cheese, my beloved cheese, um, in the fridge. So I kind of used those up because um, I didn't want to throw them out. And I, did, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. The next day I had an interview day down in London for a job that I really, really wanted. Um, and at lunchtime, this was a, a few years ago, so the options really weren't what they are now I went into Sainsbury's and I managed to get myself some tortilla wraps and some hummus and I just dipped the tortilla wraps in the hummus <laughs> yeah um and everyone at the interview day was like that's a bizarre lunch and I was like it's my first day of going vegan and I what on earth am I doing I was like I can't eat wraps and hummus forever now I would say my motivation is quite different so as I kind of developed on my on my journey, if you like, I got really, really back into cooking, which was really cool, um, and the health side of things, and then started to watch more documentaries and just got, you know, I kind of had to get more clued up because I needed to answer these people's questions, um, especially my parents' questions. Um, I don't know if there's anyone listening out there whose parents are reacting to them making a lifestyle change, especially like veganism a lot of questions <laughs> yeah yeah I can yeah I can relate so for anyone who doesn't know which I imagine is a lot of people as well I was veggie for maybe I think I was veggie for three years and then I was vegan after that for a year and a half um and now obviously I'm neither of those things yeah. I think and we've talked like at length about that together um I guess for anyone listening um I also want to differentiate like what what the term plant-based means because yeah. I think a lot of people now for health reasons or environmental reasons as you said which we're going to get into yeah. um say they eat a plant-based diet or they try to be more plant-based like what does that mean versus veganism because I think the two terms are still being used like interchangeably and they are quite different yeah yeah so initially I would say I went plant-based and by plant-based plant-based generally we mean um so you cut animal products out of your diet so it's generally just a diet thing so it's normally for health reasons or environmental reasons like you said um but you may still wear leather you may use animal products in deodorant or soaps or skincare makeup mm. kind of other parts of your life clothes um so plant-based is more just what's on your plate essentially yeah and in my case I would say that plant-based for me is like most of my diet is vegetarian and vegan yeah. and then so that's like the base of the diet if you will yeah and then other animal products are on top of that as well sometimes. Yeah. And I 
personally I don't really worry too much about some people get really caught up in like the labels or like I'm in this camp or I'm plant-based or I'm not or you're vegan or you're not and like for me I'm not really worried about people putting a label on themselves I think forcing people or encouraging people to put that themselves in a in a camp really doesn't do anybody any favors like if if you're trying to do something better for you or better for the planet or you're eating however you're eating like good for you <laughs> like forcing people to put a name on it never people don't like labels I don't mm. like labels <laughs> no so veganism then versus yeah. plant-based uh so veganism is um you would not use any animal products in any part of your life uh and as as far as possible so obviously if you have to take a medication you have to take a medication and maybe it's been tested on animals but veganism essentially when it's boiled down to a principle is causing the least amount of harm that is humanly possible so not causing harm where it's not necessary that's the kind of ethos of it and practically that depends on the situation that you're in and that's how you try to live your life depending on the situation that's your guide when you're making decisions yeah that's a really great definition and I think it'll be really helpful for people to think about the two yeah yeah there is there is still a lot of pressure on the labels as you say yeah and I think we can like we can all find (laughs) a lifestyle that works for us yeah but is still obviously you know making a positive impact or reducing the impacts that we've had in the past so with that being said um today I want to mainly focus on um the the planet yeah (laughs) because I think that's the in my in my view or in my experience in the past year or two on social media that is such that that is the forefront of the conversation when it comes to um eating meat is the impact that it has on the planet so do you have any you know stats on that that you can share that could kick this conversation off because I think it'll be really insightful for people to hear if they haven't already um the bottom line of the impact that meat is having absolutely um or at least like the amount of meat that we're eating is having on the planet yeah I should say yeah it all comes down to the fact that kind of since world war ii times the meat consumption has just grown exponentially and the demand's just there it's kind of become this um really a symbol of how well the country's doing so we went through a ration period and the first thing to go was animal products and then after um, after the rations stopped, everyone could eat meat again, they could access it, um, and the demand grew and grew and grew. And that's kind of where we got um, some factory farming from, and that's where we started to uh, kind of deforest for animal agriculture. So I think the Amazon rainforest is quite a good place to start in, st- in terms of kind of the, the hot topic. Um, literally hot it's on <laughs> oh no <laughs> I know uh, um shouldn't shouldn't make puns or shouldn't joke about the Amazon rainforest burning down but um you've got to keep it light haven't you um so yeah uh so the rainforest one to two acres of it is cleared every second um and up to 91 percent of the Amazon destruction um is down to animal agriculture so Beef is one of the highest um, paying industries in Brazil. So it's a no brainer for them to kind of farm as much as they can. It just comes down to economics of the country, um, which is sad, but a lot of stuff comes down to economics. Um, So in July alone, the rate of the Amazon rainforest destruction was nearly 300% higher than the same month last year. So it's growing exponentially and it's not slowing down. And it's mainly driven by the demand for meat. So um, if everywhere in the world, every pla- every country on the planet ate like America 
in terms of their meat consumption, we'd need three planets. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Um, and the the crazy thing about that is America is supposed to be, you know, the most developed country in the world or one of, and they're one of the richest in the world. Mm. Um, and it all boils down to an individual level as well, because it's quite interesting to say that America does that. But America is obviously made up of American individuals. And I think a lot of it comes down to the, the mentality of people realizing that it's having an impact, but also thinking, well, someone's got to do something about this, but you know, I need my steak or I need my bacon and I, I don't want to give that up. So the country's going to have to do something or another country's going to have to do something. And that's just never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's such an interesting debate, isn't it? Of like, who's to blame and passing the blame. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard it mentioned with, um, other like climate change issues like um plastic consumption or you know um environmentally friendly practices um some people are so quick to say why am i like why do i have to not buy plastic straws anymore when tesco are out here using millions of straws for this and that and it's a really that is a whole other podcast i think but Yeah. yeah I do, I do feel like, um, me, as you say, it's like, it's culture, isn't it? It's like a huge oh, part yeah. of Western culture. You know, think about Christmas. It's like, Christmas is a turkey. And it's like, yeah. in the UK, if you don't have a turkey for your Christmas dinner, it's like, you're a weirdo. And everyone, yeah. everyone's looking at you like, well, what's wrong with you? What, where's the turkey? <laughs> You can't have yeah. chicken. You can't have yeah. Like ne- never mind, you know, a veggie. A, Wellington. Never mind, like a vegetarian Christmas dinner. Even if you yeah. have chicken for your Christmas dinner, some people are like like a small portion. Yeah. Some people are like, oh no, got off my full fucking massive turkey on the table. Yeah. And even if there's only two of you as well, like me, my mum, and my dad. That's it. That's all we have for Christmas. And we used to have a ginormous turkey, which took up most of the table. And I was vegetarian, so I didn't eat the turkey. It was always they always complained about it. That it was a bit dry anyway. I mean, if I was going to eat meat, I wouldn't eat turkey. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not the most appetising. Um, but, but yeah, it's so, it's it's so ingrained, isn't, isn't it? it? And yeah. it's. I think like un, unpicking that is really interesting as well, and it's going to take time. Um, yeah but it's obviously important to do that so another thing I wanted to talk um to mention on the rainforest thing um, yeah I read that Brazil and, and a lot this is a defense in a way that I had when I was looking at that because Brazil is a huge exporter of beef yeah um and I I had this moment where I was like well whenever I buy beef like I always make sure it's British beef yeah. Um, but I also read that Brazil is the number one exporter of um, corned beef in the UK, which is so random. Right. But yeah. I just thought, like, if it, I just thought that was something so small that if anyone was listening and they thought, oh, I have like corned beef hash every Friday with my mum or yeah. whatever, that's such a small thing that you can be like, oh. So that has come from Brazil and that has meant that the rainforest is burning down and then maybe next time, like, I'll try a corn version or I'll, you know, make sure that it's British or whatever. Like, that. I just read that and thought, wow, how many people must eat, you know, a tin of corned beef? Like, again, it's such a... It's such, like, an old-school, like, British thing. Yeah. My... Yeah, that's what my granddad eats and, I mean he's diabetic but that's what he has for lunch every day and he won't change it tastes disgusting to me but I'm sure there are people listening who enjoy it (laughs) yeah I mean he just it's just again it's just traditional it's what you used to if it's always hard if it's your comfort food then you know you're not going to change overnight are you no um so yeah I think one of the things with the with the um one beef coming from Brazil was the it kind of hit headlines because it was coming from um, 
farmers that were like raising I think they call it like where they basically start illegal wildfires Mm. in the um in the Amazon to try and essentially just make it easier for them to clear the way so they can farm uh yeah so it's yeah it's 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 not great that the Amazon is on fire obviously that's an absolute disaster um but in terms of the the awareness you, you can't really go anywhere without people talking about it and you'd have to have lived in a cave for the last few weeks to not know what happened so I want to talk about extremes um yeah so we've already touched on this a few times like the late the the labels that exist in society it's like everyone wants to put you in a box like when yeah everyone wants to tick a box of what you do like when I was vegetarian people I'm sure you can relate were like oh so what do you eat what does that mean like what yeah. do you not eat they're almost like making this list in the head yeah and then when you go vegan it's like a step further and it's like oh so what does that mean like yeah. What do you do? What don't you eat? What like what do you do in this Grass. situation? Grass mainly, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I just find it fascinating how um if you're doing anything positive, you're almost like subject to more scrutiny. Yeah. So I found that when I was vegan and I was at the time vegan because that was my lifestyle yeah I found with even within the vegan community there were people who like you say they're like oh don't like you're not allowed to call yourself vegan you're plant-based or oh you're not a true vegan if you don't do this or yeah (laughs) or even people who are doing absolutely nothing and eat you know beef for (laughs) I'm sure yeah. there are people who eat beef for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh well, no. Um, I hope not. <laughs> they'll. I'm they'll. That really upsets me. <laughs> I hope not. But even, oh, pe- even people who, you know, do nothing, they're like sometimes the first person to turn around and say, oh, so if you are eating vegetarian food, then why do you have a yeah. leather handbag? And me yeah. and my friend have had this conversation because she's pescatarian she doesn't eat meat for um like moral and environmental reasons yeah she eats fish for health reasons but she is she works in the fashion industry and she loves fashion and she has like leather bags so it's such an interesting conversation in that she feels bad even though she's doing a lot of, like she's doing a lot already to make a positive difference and it's almost yeah. like people have this very extreme all-or-nothing mentality and I do feel like it alienates people who are maybe interested in making any sort of positive change so yeah can we chat a bit more about your approach um, yeah. and why being really kind you know and, and friendly and approachable with it is the way forward Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a couple of things that you kind of touched on there. So first of all, like the people who uh, want to knock you down, like within the first week, uh, as I mentioned right at the start, I just got kind of bombarded within the first week of coming out as a vegan, if you like. I tried not to mention it because every time I did, it was like, where do you get your protein from? What studies can you back it up to say that it's better for the environment? Uh, and what do you eat? What do you not eat? Did you know that honey's not available to vegans? Did you know there's stuff in wine that means you can't drink it? And I was like, whoa, okay. I didn't, I said I went vegan, you know. I did not say that I'd qualified as a nutritionist. I'm not about to give you a meal plan and break down all your macros for you. I'm just doing the best that I can. And it's funny because when I wasn't vegan, I was still eating a certain way. And no one ever asked me where I got my protein from. Nobody ever asked me where you know what what I was eating what I was not eating no one really cared and and then suddenly because I I, like made a a statement or uh come out as a vegan people were like really concerned about my health they thought I was gonna I don't know drop dead in front of them one day and just 
I think half of it is interest and that I can totally run with like I really appreciate people being curious and when it's coming from friends and you can tell when it's coming from a place where people are actually interested and really care but then there's the group of people unfortunately that you talked about that I just don't give any airtime to where they're not really interested and all they really want to do is pick you apart so that you're not perfect in their eyes so that they don't really have to take any action so it's the same as you know like did you know that you're wearing leather shoes that that means you're not a real vegan and in their eyes that means that you're not perfect and so they can carry on if that makes sense and that you're a hypocrite so vegans are hypocrites and blah 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 blah. you know it's you can tell when that energy is coming at you and quite often it's across the keyboard I just have zero time for that um if I sense that from somebody I will be as kind as possible as I can but I'm not going to answer your hundred questions until you somehow make me feel like crap for a choice that I'm making to try and make the world a better place um I would much rather spend my time so you touched on kind of the extremes and being kind and being open with people um I'd much rather spend my time doing that with people um I try and share a lot of my recipes uh I'm starting um a vegan business to try and solve some of the problems around eating what to eat and how to eat and making it easy and accessible and try and open up those conversations so people think god I wish I never asked you know <laughs> like I just think if you're open about it then people will be more likely to talk to you and that is a and they'll go away from that conversation thinking wow I actually learned something and that person was nice they didn't criticize me they didn't bite my head off because if someone tells me that I should do something or I have to do something or I'm a terrible person if I don't do something like you can bet your ass I'm not gonna do it you know (laughs) yeah that's so true and I have that exact mentality and I feel like I really reject I just hate labels as we've said yeah and I just want to do I just want to do me like I just want to I just want to listen to my body and try and make good choices and like try my absolute best um but if someone is telling me to do something like I instantly want to do the opposite yeah (laughs) I'm just like rebel like that yeah I think most people are like if someone walked over to my plate and started telling me that I was a terrible person I'd just I'd I'd politely excuse myself and then have a moment outside where I just screamed and was like how rude but yeah I'd and I think it's unfortunate that some people think of veganism that way because like the thing that I've learned over the last few years being part of the community is that most people are not like that I've never been around people that are you know kinder or kind of less angry like they're just I've never met in person an angry vegan I've I've never met one bit of an oxymoron isn't it yeah the people are actually lovely so I think it's really sad that there's you know, in every group of people, there's a couple of people that ruin it for everything. But I've got more hassle from people that post bacon on my comment, you know, on on my things. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> yeah, that is so true and must be so annoying. Um, uh, it's fine. <laughs> can we talk about the power and the impact that reducing our animal intake our animal product intake will have on the planet and potentially our health as well because um I'm all about letting go of that all or nothing mindset I hate it and I'm sure many other people listening um might feel intimidated by more like plant-based living and food by seeing stuff like that but can we chat about reducing rather than um you know eliminating overnight yeah um so my parents uh were reduced everything um mainly due to the fact that uh, I think I mentioned my dad had prostate cancer so um when I when I went vegan I started kind of reading studies and then prostate cancer was one that popped up everywhere and so I was pinging these to my mum and saying you need to watch what the hell um 
you know, for dad, please watch it as politely as I could. Um, and just thought, you know, just thought you'd be interested in this. Have a watch. You know, let me know what you think. Blah, blah, blah. We can watch it together. Um, and she did watch it. And then they started to reduce because my dad was 70. You know, he's he grew up on a farm. He's always eaten meat and cheese. And vegans were weird to him. He was like, I'm not a hippie. I'm never going to be a vegan. Like, <laughs> they're going to start stinking and braiding my hair. <laughs> I was like, okay, dad. Um, so they, like, I would say that they reduced and I was totally on on board with that and just helped them in any way I could. I sent them YouTube channels. So the power of reducing is really helpful to people because then you're not going to be panicking about what you can eat or can't eat um and if you've ever struggled with any sort of disordered eating or anything like that as well the thought of cutting out half your diet can be quite triggering um and different like health different health struggles as well yeah i think um whilst like more plant-based food is is beneficial um for many people you know it might it might have like a, a negative impact on them if they have allergies or intolerances that might like already restrict their diet if that makes sense yeah there, there are definitely some people out there that you know need need medical advice <laughs> um and i i'm never gonna tell those people they should or shouldn't eat that's i'm not i'm not a doctor so um but for people that are looking to reduce like the the power of it do you mean in terms of like the environment yeah okay so because we've had some like awful statistics yeah so let's have some like a few like nice ones that can make people think oh like if i just did that one thing then it'd have this impact okay fab um so if everybody reduced their meat intake we would spend far less money on the NHS um, because uh, 14 of the 15 killers, top killers of people are diet related. Um, so you can find this on What the Health. Um, I really recommend people watch it. Um, it's much more interesting than listening to me. Um, and um, there's some really interesting doctors on there, people that um, have done incredible studies um, reaching over the last 40 50 years um so they're not new ideas um there's some athletes as well there's a brand new film out called game changers which is incredible it's direct um it's produced by arnold schwarzenegger bruce lee uh james cameron it's got some of the top athletes in the world on there um so if you're really interested in that side of things like please do check those out they are fascinating and they're very visual as well so they'll do studies um with like blood where they compare it and you can see the difference um in the types of meals that people eat and the difference it has in the fat on your blood um and actually seeing it is really really helpful um i think um in terms of so on the environment if we all switch to a plant-based diet we could stop feeding over half of the um, grain that we grow to livestock and feed it to people so um if people reduced the meat that that they eat that obviously is going to have a an impact on the people in the world um who are in those countries where we grow most of the food for to feed to animals so 82% of starving children live in countries where food is fed to animals and the animals are eaten by western countries so it's kind of a social justice issue there mm. as well it's really fucked up it's really fucked yeah um and like i know that everyone listening would like if if it was that simple it's obviously not that simple because of politics and all this other shitty horrible stuff in the way but if it was as simple as saying oh i'm gonna have corn tonight instead of my beef burger yeah and that means that like an extra meal will be available to someone on the other side of the world who is otherwise starving, then everyone would agree to that. But because it's on such a global scale, it's hard to, it's hard to quantify, isn't it, for people? But when you put it into context like that, it is really um, powerful. 
so yeah we're it's it comes down to supply and demand as well like when unfortunately watching cowspiracy is a really good idea because you'll see kind of how much money comes from different industries to go into um kind of the government and they're just not going to recommend reducing or completely cutting out um to the extent that we would like them to to support the environment because they got so much money from from those industries and if they took that away and they actually get so really heavily lobbied by them as well so they're under quite a lot of pressure to um to keep promoting them and an enormous amount of subsidies goes from the government to those industries purely because of like tradition and it always has um so a really good way that i like uh, to recommend to people is to go to the vegancalculator.com um and you can just type in if you sent you know if you were vegan for a month uh, you would save 33,000 gallons of water, uh, 1,200 pounds of grain, 900 square feet of forest. Um, so going back to the Amazon rainforest, um, 600 pounds of CO2 and 30 animal lives, which is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Just for a month. So if you just did Veganuary or even if you did, you know, three days out of the week over however many weeks that calculates as that adds up to be a month then you'd have that impact yeah one thing we've been doing that's why I love stuff like meat free monday and what we've been doing is just alternating so every week we do sit down and do a meal plan and I think if you're not used to make I am used to making veggie food but if you're not used to making veggie food meal planning and recipes are so helpful aren't they because you can get inspiration you can we always love trying at least one new thing every week yeah a lot of the time it is something veggie um yeah and we plan to eat veggie because I think it does come down to a convenience thing for some people sometimes doesn't it so plan to reduce and then it makes your life so much easier so we yeah if we've eaten meat for dinner then the next night we'll have a veggie meal and we always make leftovers so if we've had meat for lunch we'll have veggie for dinner and vice versa if you are looking for places when you go out and about i think that's a time when it can be tricky for people as well uh there's an app that you can download called the happy cow app did you ever have that cat yes that saved my life on many occasions yeah it's great, especially if you go on holiday and you're trying to find um, decent things. Like I used it when I went to Madrid and it was amazing. When I lived in Vancouver, it was I didn't really need it, to be honest, because everything, there was always options out there. Yeah, it's um, like Manchester. You do, yeah. If you're in Manchester and you want to eat more veggie food, you literally don't need it. It's oh, like God. everywhere is yeah. amazing. It really is. Um, so that's great. And then, yeah doing something like a meal plan like uh get yourself onto uh instagram and follow some people who are really inspiring and really happy um so the happy pair are great uh they do some really like family friendly recipes super easy super quick you know anyone can cook them you haven't got to be a chef um most people i i'm guessing a lot of people would follow deliciously deliciously ella um already um and anyone else that takes your fancy really just if it's kind of in your view you and they do look delicious then you will kind of just be more thinking about it when you go to the supermarket um I really loved what you said about trying something new every time you go like every time you go to the supermarket just pick up something that you don't normally or nip to the veggie um, section that was new that was recommended by a nutritionist as well Oh, so okay. when yeah, yeah. a nutritionist Sarah Jackson was on a few months ago, yeah. she said, "Get one new veg every week and use yeah. it in your cooking." I remember that. Yes. Well, I'm stealing Sarah Jackson's, or I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm agreeing. Fabulous. Reinforcing. Um, and yeah, Pinterest is a great resource if you're meal planning. I, I'm a loser, and I just spend all my time pinning food. Um, if I made everything on my Pinterest, goodness, I'd never be able to eat it all um but I'd have a good go trying 
Um, always have things that are really quick and easy. So like frozen jacket potatoes or pasta or hummus and some salad and some like nice healthy sauces that are just, you know, like not full of sugar and just things that you can throw together and then you'll be you'll be good. So because otherwise when you come home and you've got nothing in and you're starting from scratch, that's when things get tough. Yeah. Corn is great as well. I feel like so many people are on corn now. Um, Yeah. But if for whatever reason you're in the UK and you've not tried it, um, it's just so easy. I think, you know, I love to cook from scratch and I love to Mm. create recipes that are really simple, like, and based on chickpeas, which we're going to get into, or lentils or, you know, something else, but, you know, beans and that kind of thing. Yeah some a, a dish that is naturally vegan rather than like adding mock meat um yeah. into the equation but like we still eat corn on a weekly basis yeah. because it's just easy like when you get in from so work easy. if you usually make a spag ball like just start making a corn spag ball instead it's yeah. so so simple and it like it couldn't be easier to make that switch except you know you're saving the planet (laughs) on a small in a small way you're saving money and it is you know lowering saturated fat and all that other good stuff as well yeah my um I used to live with a fabulous lady called Bridget and uh we would cook sausages and like sausage rolls like Linda's sausage Linda McCartney she she's great she's probably saved my bacon I don't know my vegan bacon my bacon on a lot of occasions uh like we used to cook things and like her her boyfriend didn't necessarily know that the sausage rolls were vegan and I think a lot of people don't know my mum swapped our milk for oat milk and my dad didn't notice so I can't guarantee that no one will notice but dad didn't and that's how that's how that happened that's one that's one area where Adam is really good Adam is my partner for anyone listening he hates cow's milk in his coffee and tea like he has to have oat milk and I'm the opposite like I'm I'm you were when you before you went vegan like oh I could never give up my milk in my tea like that is yeah (laughs) everything else now oh really I love it I think when I went probably about six years ago I never drank coffee and then I started drinking like lattes they're the gateway coffee you know like doesn't really taste like coffee and then somewhere while I was at uni I started studying really hard and now I'm like double espresso please three of them you know no sugar (laughs) yeah um but oat milk is great as well it is yeah oatly if you oatly barrister that's the one yeah yeah I think that's everything yeah yeah right so before we head into the quick round I obviously want wanted to shout you out and you know ask you to share your new business you've already mentioned dippies at the start but would you like to tell us more about dippies and why you've created it and what your vision for it is absolutely uh dippies is my uh vegan venture with my partner who I kidnapped uh from Vancouver um don't worry he was a willing kidnap victim because um, <laughs> you, li- you were living there for yeah was it a year yeah I didn't just pop on holiday yeah <laughs> I imagine um so I lived out there for a year and I worked in um a vegan pizza kitchen uh, which is a bit of a bit of a change from what I was doing before uh and I loved it and he was working there too and I thought he was really grumpy when we first worked there because he's got like a bit of a persona when he's in the kitchen, which most chefs do. Um, so, yeah, I've, I, but then I realised that he's actually a big softy and he's great. And yeah, we ended up moving back here because um, my family's here and they're not going to move to Vancouver, unfortunately. So he's amazing. He packed up and now he's here. So that's pretty mad. Um, and we are both foodies so he's a trained chef um and I trained as a health coach and I've always been a bit food obsessed so we decided we wanted to do our own thing and do something a bit foodie so that basically so that we could spend as much time together as possible um and not have to work really really long days in a kitchen so we 
came across Dippies because we were trying to find something to make for lunch that was pretty affordable, pretty healthy um, and pretty versatile. So we could just like throw it on anything. We were just going through so much hummus. Uh, but it's not really designed for sandwiches. Like it kind of sinks in and like it's delicious with pita, but you know, like a hummus sandwich. I think being vegan, um, I know this is really controversial to say because hummus is very popular. Yeah. But I think being vegan um, made me bored of hummus because yeah. I did eat a lot of hummus when I was vegan because it yeah. is like such a simple like go to, but it's yeah. almost like the only option when it comes to a sandwich like filler like you say or if you have it with dips and all that stuff yeah or you've got to make something from scratch and like not everyone's got the time for that so um we started making chickpea smashes so they're essentially like a chunky hummus so we don't like uh, kind of crush the um chickpeas to smithereens and make them all smooth uh we basically we say that we smash chickpeas um so they are quite chunky and they make a great sandwich filler or you can throw them on a jacket potato and basically if you've got them in a fridge we just say don't worry be dippy because then you've kind of got a meal like it's going to take you max five minutes and that's if you have to wait for a jacket potato to ding in the microwave so (laughs) just trying to solve that problem it comes back to like there's two approaches really I can either walk over to your plate and say that shouldn't be on it or I can give you an alternative that's quite exciting yummy and it's hopefully gonna make you smile (laughs) yeah and it's like really simple and healthy as well yeah it's like the best of both worlds yeah I'm really hungry but to make me hungrier um tell us the flavors then that you've got and tell us what tell us where you are and like what you've got coming up to. I know that's two questions in one, but I'm excited. <laughs> okay, I'll see if I can I'll I'll work through them in order. So we've got four flavours. So we've got the hay pesto, which is pesto, shockingly, imaginatively named there. It's got some sun dried tomatoes in there as well. And it's nut free because one of my best friends is allergic to nuts, so there's no nuts in there. Um And then we've got the cheeky buffalo, uh, which is basically a buffalo hot sauce, uh, some creamy tahini, which is a sesame seed paste, um, and some nutritional yeast, which is like vegan's savior when it comes to tasting, making things taste a bit like cheese. Um, So yeah, it's quite unusual. That's by far our best seller. People love it. It's got a bit of a kick to it, but apparently people can handle that. So that's good. Then we do a Mediterranean one, which is my mum's favourite and the chickpea on the packet is a bit sunburnt and it's modelled after my mum. So that's got mixed olives, um, red onion, roasted red peppers and yeah, basically just tastes like the Mediterranean. Um, That's really delicious and pitta. And then the final flavour is dedicated to my dad because he was really missing tuna on his jacket potato. So we made him a chickpea tuna and we saw it online and tweak the recipes again and again and again and again until they're like Raimondo approved so my dad's palate is what we tested it on (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and we're in Plymouth at the moment so we're delivering around Plymouth by the time this goes up uh we will be about two months old so um we're delivering in Plymouth at the moment and hoping to get into shops and cafes. We've got our first one of each secured over the last um, little while. So that's been really, really exciting and more to come. And then we are popping up at events um, all over. So uh, we will, we have just got back from Veg Fest, which is a huge festival on the 26th and 27th of October. And then we've kind of got a jam-packed schedule through November. So we'll be up in Manchester Woo-hoo. on November the 2nd. Woo! So going to see you there so you can finally try some. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. At the Winter Vegan Festival in Manchester. Exciting. And yeah. um, I usually ask this right at the end, but for anyone who's like really hungry and wants to find out more now, yeah. um, where can they go to find you online, follow you guys and be um, up to date with where you're at next. So the best place is Instagram, as always. Uh, so it's Dippies, D-I-P-P-Y 
S underscore UK. Um, and then Facebook is Dippies UK, but no underscore. Uh, but if you go on to the Instagram, you should be able to find us from there on Facebook too. Amazing. Thank you, love. So quick round yeah. questions that Hit I me. ask every guest at the end of the podcast. Question one is, what is your go-to self-care ritual? Oh, alone time. Second question is, what's challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently? Everything. Um, starting a business and selling myself uh not literally um but you know approaching people and saying i've made this would you like it uh, <laughs> obviously more pizzazz and a little bit more info um and asking for money like setting a price that's one thing that we talked about recently super uncomfortable for me not sure why i think it's uh just something that's embedded in, in our culture yeah it's a british, um, british thing isn't it yeah Am I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to blame Britain. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's challenging me, yeah. Yeah, exciting stuff. Next question is, what are your goals for the rest of this year moving into 2020? And this could be uh, personal goals or professional goals. Um, JR, if you're listening to this, I'd love to get engaged. Oh! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> no no that's that's a joke he'll, he'll know um that's I so funny. either he's gonna go running back to canada <laughs> he's, on, he's getting the train right now to go down to london <laughs> quick no um so professional i would like to get diffies out there into shops and cafes in the local area but more than that I'd like to get it into people's lunch boxes and just keep making people smile uh, we've been kind of inundated with fan pics if that's what we call them uh, I, I don't know if they justify that name but you know people have taken at home taking pictures with their dog in the background and how they're eating it and that just makes it all worth it so more of that that makes me really happy and a crossover between personal and professional I'd like to keep my relationship and my business separate you posted something amazing about this recently so yeah um how to work towards goals and just making sure that you're not just talking about the goal and what you're doing and weed killer yeah (laughs) and weed killer yeah if you if you watched the video about couples goals then you'll know well i don't think i mentioned weed killer in that i feel like i need to elaborate now yeah might be on a comment yeah you elaborate for it so yeah um yeah me and eliza and i were talking recently and she was like how did you and adam buy a house without you know killing each other like how did you how did you achieve that goal together and still like stay strong as a couple because it's obviously a stressful time and it's two people working towards one thing um i i think it's totally different to building a business together so I one of the tips that I shared was not discussing um not discussing the goal together all the time so we were out for a date night last week and Adam was like oh that weed killer we bought was really good the weeds are dead and I was like babe we're on date night like I don't want to talk about weed killer right now yeah so yeah, yeah in Eliza's case it's like not talking about chickpeas together all the time yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah um so yeah that's that's the goal is to kind of keep keep that separate we're doing a great job at the moment and JR's just like a fun lover anyway so I can't imagine that ever happening like he's he's just like he has a non-work mode and he that drags me into the non-work mode so yeah but it's a goal it's something to be mindful of um and then to spend more time with the family um because that's why I moved back here so we do like family dinners and cook for each other and yeah it's really lovely I love that do you have a resource that you're loving recently that you'd like to share with everyone uh yes I would say other people so since I moved back to from Vancouver um kind of joining in the community and getting as involved as I can 
is really helpful. Um, so it can be really lonely otherwise, especially when you're starting a business and, you know, you're cooking chickpeas till 10 o'clock at night and then, you know, you're spending a lot of time on social media and trying to get traction. So I've joined a um, business committee called um, Western Women and they've been really supportive. Generally, the demographic is a little bit older than me. So I feel like they're all like my mum and my mum had told them all about me as well. So uh, they, they all do feel like my mum <laughs> which is nice and just I love other, that. yeah they were like they're all like oh hi and I'm like I'm Eliza and then I'm like oh I'm Claire's daughter and they're like oh hi <laughs> um so yeah they, they've been great and just joining up with other businesses as well and trying to meet them as as much as possible and then journaling I've been really into journaling there's a book that actually one of the western women published that's called the journal writer's companion mm, um, you'll have to send me the link to where yeah. we can get it and I've really enjoyed that that's cool I'll include it in the show notes for everyone thank you so much just thank again you. um because I always ask this at the end just to remind people where can they go to follow you online just repeat it again and shout yourself out yeah, so Dippies, uh, Instagram is D-I-P-P-Y-S underscore UK. You'll see a sexy picture of me and JR in some rather fetching pink dungarees. Um, and Facebook is D-I-P-P-Y-S UK, no underscore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Put Yourself First. If you enjoyed it or you have any feedback, I would love you to leave me a rating and review wherever you're listening to this and if you'd like to reach out to me on social media to let me know you enjoyed it or just have a chat and say hi I'm at cat underscore horrocks on twitter and instagram and if you're feeling extra kind share this on to a friend who you know needs to hear this one too.